Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And we continue our conversation on mastery as we talk about our inner guidance and that which we know within ourselves. We are literally moving out of the matrix of illusion into a matrix of light. And my guest today is Anna Ma, who has an incredible story of how she discovered source within herself connected to the greater picture, the greater all that is, while going through a very dark time in her life. Let's welcome Anna Ma to Quantum Conversations. Thank you, Anna Ma, for being here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yes, okay. We are talking about this matrix of of illusion that we are in, and we are moving into a new matrix. It is one that we create. We know that our thoughts and actions and words literally create our reality. So we're going to talk a little bit about the matrix of illusion and uh, how we can overcome this programming that we have, how we recognize it in our bodies and how we can really work it to uh, work with the light that's coming on our planet so that we can live in this matrix of light. Let's first start with your story. It's quite amazing. Uh, another harsh story to learn about, reality for us. So share with us your personal, well, your childhood journey and going into such pain and suffering, this was a blessing in disguise as you really learned how to be free from it and look at where you are today. So would you mind um, sharing your story of, of this childhood experience? Sure. 
Well, it was an opportunity for me to experience duality and dualism, um, darkness and density. Um, it's really kind of the microcosm of the macrocosm that's playing out on Earth in this paradigm right now. So it really kind of gave me a firsthand experience and a concentrated version, a microcosm reality created so that I could really understand it, walk in it, embrace it, and transcend it. And um, so I was born into, uh, my father was a 33rd degree Mason or higher. He could have been higher. I, for sure he's the 33rd degree Mason. Um, and was born into a, a satanic ritualistic cult. Um, and for the first, you know, few years of my life um, was used for torture and um mind control. Um, my father at one point, um, I was at a ritual um, where I was forced to do a certain ceremony, which would bring me into the order, if you will. And um, and I refused to do it because it involved the sacrifice. And even after um, probably at that point, seven or eight years of being programmed and tortured, mind-controlled from infancy, I should have been so programmed at that point where it would have been um, automatic for me to do the ritual. But my soul, myself, I said no, and I stood mutely at the altar and refused to participate. And my father was so aghast and so humiliated and so, um, because he had such a position of power, for me not to do that was a big disgrace. And in his anger and his rage, a deal was made and I was kind of given and sold to a higher order, if you will. And I was part of the MK Ultra Mind Control Programming. And, um, you know, I watched the programming actually being tested in the laboratories, literally, like in airplane hangars that were converted into laboratories, secret locations, underground locations, hospitals, military bases. Um, I was in all of them. And I saw and I was used because of my awareness. I was very much a soul when all this was happening. I would literally stand beside the body that was being tortured, my body, you know, um, while they were literally like crushing a tooth in order to cause extreme pain and get me to bend to their will and to break my mind. But I'd be literally standing by the chair and looking at the black shaman or the tor whoever was, it, it was usually like a black shaman, they kind of specialized in working with my, the spiritual aspect of my being. And we'd be having a quantum conversation of a different kind. Um, he'd be looking right at me as I'm standing beside my body in this kind of dentist chair in this torture chamber while he had a plier on a tooth and would be crushing the tooth and be looking at me and we'd be talking telepathically and, you know, now will you join us? Now will you come with us? Now. And so what they did was they tried to do everything to get me to give them my soul, to give them who I am so that they could use me for their will. And so that's really what you see in the microcosm in this world. It's all about they want you. They want your energy. They want your power. And they want your light because they know that this um, spiritual awakening was set to happen. It was calendared to happen. This, you know, the dawn of the, the Aquarius, the new age, the enlightenment, the awakening is set to take place. And they were trying to get ahead of the curve to figure out how to handle these beautiful light beings coming in 
to make sure that the awakening didn't happen. And so they learned how to mind control, vibration control, frequency control, how to control the body, the subconscious, how to program um, decades and decades and decades ago, hundreds of years ago, to how to control the human so completely to create, uh, you know, take a beautiful, free, liberated soul being, have the human experience and create them into a slave. So how to break the will, how to program them, how to make the make them believe whatever it is that they wish to have them believe, and so that they began to work for them um, rather than against them in liberating the planet. So, um, yeah, for the first 12 years, I was in the MK Ultra program. Um, my sister was, my brother was, my father was, and um, tortured and everything like that until... Um, my mom left my dad. I became a ward of the state, and uh, my father became so weak and disabled um, from so much disease in his body and his mind, and his addictions took over him, and they kind of threw him out because he became a liability, because silence is how they thrive, and loyalty to that silence. And when someone becomes that addicted, they become a loose cannon, and they either eliminate you or they, uh, one way or another, they either kill you or they eliminate you from, and he was so loyal to them, you know, he was so much a part of them, he was no threat as far as um, exposing them, so they, he just lost his seat of power, and then that was how we got out of uh, the cult, out of the MKL program, etc., and then I became a ward of the state um, when my mom tried to kill me and kind of put in protective custody, if you will, for the next five years and went to 14 different group homes and institutions and psych wards and jails. And they were all different types of homes for me and until I was 17 years old. And I figured out at, 15, at 17 and a half years old that I was um, – that if I ran away from the state, they wouldn't follow me or pursue me because they would I was so close to being an adult, and so at 17 and a half years old, I um, packed up all my belongings, which was two paper bags full of clothing and makeup and shoes, and moved to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and started a new life. And I literally chose to, you know, forget everything about the past. And what helped forget was that I had multiple personalities. I had dissociative identity disorder, so I wasn't aware of all that had happened, but I was aware of you know, the addictions in the house and the physical and sexual abuse in the house, or I wasn't aware at that time of the sexual abuse, but, you know, the physical, mental, emotional abuse and the addictions and things like that. I knew I came from kind of a messed up experience. Um, that's all I knew when I when I did run away, and I created a new identity. I had long brown hair. I cut it off, dyed it blonde. I used to wear party clothes, and I started wearing conservative clothes, and I just decided to make the best out of my life and create a whole new life and and it moved on from there. Wow, that is amazing about the MK Ultra Mind Control Program. So because you became a ward of the state, because your dad was pretty much dismissed from this program, you you were free to go and they didn't pursue you or do anything? I have to say that's grace because everything that I've read and everything I understand, that's impossible. Everything, it just doesn't make sense. But my sister was, my sister was being groomed to be a high priestess because um, she was the firstborn daughter of a 33rd degree mason. And, you know, they could never break me. They never did. 
<laughs> they could never own me. Um, so I was always, they never could control me. Um, so I was unusable to them. And um, so I know that had a part to play in it. But the actual mechanism of how one, and because they knew, I had absolutely no conscious awareness or knowledge of anything that happened. I couldn't tell you even 10 years into or 8 years into my therapy names and specific names and places and identities or anything that would um, identify them um, because of their mind erasure and their mind control. It was so complete. It was so fantastically done that um, I was really no threat to them. Okay. Amazing. Your soul said no, and you overcame all of the programming that they tried to enforce on you. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit more about this programming, how uh, we can become aware of it. Yours, this is extreme, um, but I want to go back to something that you said. As you were being tortured, you said you would stand beside your body yeah. Were you having an out-of-body experience? No, I was very, very, I, <laughs> and you might get me to say something I've never said anywhere out loud before, <laughs> so, um, but I came mm-hmm. in very, um, I came in, I didn't have to be here. I came in um, because of love and compassion of the divine. Um, I hadn't been here before, and I came in. Um, I watched the body uh, being birthed, if you will, by a beautiful soul who came in um, through my mother's body and through her womb. And I real, I'm very aware that I stood there in the birthing room and watched this soul being born, this body being born to my mom in the hospital. And I saw the body, uh, the soul exit, and I came in so that I could have this birth in this body, and I took on karma from other beings so that I could have enough density to hold my form here in this physical world. Um, so, Because uh, you have to have that so that you can be in this physical world. Um, so I agreed to do that it that way so that I could have this experience. And again, it was such a complete, total program of everything that is going on in um, third-dimensional illusionary world. And so, yeah, even all the time, uh, throughout the entire 12 years I was there, I was always um, healing children, and I brought a baby back, you know, from, <laughs> from, from it was gravely ill. I had um, a, a little baby that had been tortured. It was ready for uh, sacrifice, and I placed my hands on the baby and brought it back to life, and a, a shaman was standing over my shoulder and saw this, and um, took me and did some different things. I always paid a heavy price for it. Um, there were children in the cages, and I would sing to them, and I would teach them where to put their minds when they were being tortured, mm-hmm. and I would show them, um, you know, what to do to go into the light, to go home, rather. In rituals, I created portals of light because there was a, literally a portal of darkness where they would do soul harvesting, and through their rituals and their mantras and their chants to invoke that um, dark consciousness, if you will, opened up a portal and all these spirits and demons and fallen angels and that which they were invoking, the, the bills, you know, as you wish to call Satan or Lucifer, that which is that consciousness, open up the portal and they would always do um, days and days of torture and, and deprivation, light sensory deprivation, food deprivation, 
um, sexualization, drugging, torture for days to prepare you for specific rituals. And so, like, we'd be all standing in a circle, all as children, and I'd be very aware, even though they had drugged the body and tortured the body and everything else, I was still aware of myself um, up until I was almost nine years old. So I was very conscious and I was very aware. And, and so it's kind of interesting. There was a mixture of what I agreed to do. I agreed to allow myself to be tortured and, and a certain amount of conditioning and programming. And at the same time, up until a specific event happened when I was almost nine years old, I was very, very conscious as, as I am. Um, so in, in the ritual, I would see and watch these children in the circle and the fire and the chanting and the high priests and priestesses and the magi as they'd be opening up the portals to allow the demons in. And I would see these disincarnate spirits coming, floating in, and they were to take over the bodies of the children and, and so that they could have a body to operate and function in this dimension and have a body to do so. And I would see the spirit come up to me and it would look at me and I would look at it and it would have to go elsewhere because I saw it and I was aware of it. And my answer was no. And also, like in these ceremonies and rituals, I would see the portal where they would do the soul harvesting. Um, and I would open up a portal of light. And every opportunity I had, I would teach the other children, the children in the cages that were about to be sacrificed or tortured, where they would lose their mind, um, how to go into that light and go home to the beloved instead. Um, they, they hated me. <laughs> they hated me because they couldn't control me. They couldn't break me. At first, they tried to break me by, you know, offering me, uh, getting my soul, my power, getting me in alignment and agreement with them, to give them my power, to get into alignment with them so that we could work together by offering me all the power, all the position, all the status. But it was nothing I wanted. And then they tried another level where, you know, they try to coerce me into it um, by inducing a lot of torture and pain beyond control and beyond bearability um, to get me to give them my soul and to come on board with them and to work with them and be part of them. And again, I refused. Well, then they took it to another level and started doing it to other children and other animals. And still I would have to hold my ground and say and feel, you know, you have to do what you have to do, but my answer is still no. And then the ultimate level was watching my sister um, going through extreme torture, etc., in order to get me to say, okay, okay, stop what you're doing. I'll come on board with you. But it never happened, and I never would, and I never will, of course, because I'm here as <laughs> in the love and the light of, of, of who people really are and what this planet really is and to bring people back into their own divinity. And so really they couldn't control me. But those experiences were just, you know, like going to kind of Harvard, if you will, and getting your Ph.D. in, in mind control and, and energy control and the mastery that they had attained so that I could see what they were doing and how they were doing it and how it affected mankind and humanity. Wow, your story is quite amazing. It's very uh, deep and intense. And so you are a walk-in no, here no, no. to shine the light. I'm not a walk-in. No, not a walk-in. But you came in uh, watching uh, the soul in the baby. Okay, so maybe that's the wrong word. Um, but you were conscious of that coming into this uh, infant, into this 
into the baby in your mother's womb or after uh, she gave birth? The vision of, um, and I didn't remember it until I had a vision. And um, so I'm standing in the hospital room, and the beloved master is, I was standing in the hospital room watching my mother on the bed and I watched the baby be delivered and I watched the baby's with a, with a soul completely intact, beautiful birth, um, even though it was a torturous birth because of what happened to my mom while she was pregnant. Um, but I saw the baby being born and that's when I came in and I watched, well, I watched the soul leave and I came in. Okay. Well, that fits the description of a, no, of a so-called because walk-in. Or a, I understand that, but a, it's like where mm-hmm. I came from. But no, it, depends, okay. it depends where you come from yes, and what okay. the contract, what the agreement is. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. Well, my goodness, it seems uh, you are shining such a beautiful light in some very dark um, areas. You are an angel in the trenches. Wow. So you've, by getting, uh, transcending this yourself and getting out of that and taking charge of your life, you're able to see this matrix that we're in. Yeah. Yes. And I, I mean, I love when you talked about opening portals of light too. So, um, share with us. You know, what are some of the ways for uh, us to recognize when we are giving our power away or when we're really caught up in this matrix? Well, it becomes very, very easy. It becomes um, very natural because remember, anything that is um, the matrix illusion created is going to be suppressive and repressive and denying and constricting and is going to make you feel tight and small and heavy and dense and slow and low. And anything within your own being which is natural to you, which is all around you, this abundant divine consciousness, this unlimited vast amount of light, awareness and beingness, um, (laughs) is expansive and light and um, joyful and peaceful and centered and calm and strong and undeniable and true, yeah? So wherever you give your power away, your, your inner, you are set to be, I mean, your core, it's not a spark of light, it's not just a little ray of light, but it's the core of who you are is set for divinity, is set for mastery, is set for your greatness. You came here to be fully embodied as that, yeah? And so this world is kind of doing a, a favor for everybody. You know how, like, when you don't listen to your intuition the first time, like, your your beautiful consciousness will say, mm-hmm. go to this workshop, and you don't do it, and, and then it gives you another subtleness, and then another subtleness, and then it gets stronger, and it gets louder and louder until it becomes painful to say yes to who you are, right? When it becomes painful mm-hmm. to listen to your intuition. Well, that's exactly what all that the world is doing for us. It's just saying it's time to wake up. It's just getting louder and louder and more painful and more uncomfortable and more unbearable. And it's a beautiful opportunity, a gateway into your divinity. And so when it feels so uncomfortable, mm-hmm. when 
you know, the air that you breathe is filled with chemtrails. The food you're eating is devoid of any nutrition or life essence or life force and has no vitamins and is GMO and modulated in laboratory. You know, when you're being forced vaccinated, when you're, you know, being programmed by everything in media to, to believe a lie, when you're denied and suppressed and told no about being who you are and being you know, conditioned to live in your lower three chakras and fear and survival and struggle and not enoughness and not enough money and not enough time and not enough energy. I mean, it's so uncomfortable. It's so um, an antithesis as to who you really are and who you're meant to be in this very moment. So the loudness of this world is pushing you and catapulting you into your greatness. That is comforting to know it is pushing us into our greatness. I know some cannot uh, fathom how that could be, uh, but really you explained it so well as this opportunity, this gateway to divinity. And really, as you mentioned, the intuition that we are picking up on. We were speaking before the show that now it really feels like the time to really trust that intuition not only trust it, but follow it and uh, let it show you this path of divinity. So, wow, thank you for that. Mm, Amazing. Uh, You know, some of us who are, uh, many of us may be new to this concept that you shared with the, uh, the rituals, and it just seems hard for many to believe. And many of us would ask, why? Why would they want to do this? Why would they want to harvest our souls? Can you speak to that a little bit? And then we'll go more into the matrix. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it, it really is the matrix that we are talking about. So if you could imagine that this beautiful plane of consciousness called Earth, this beautiful planet full of resources and nature and abundant energy and pure energy and pure consciousness. If you think about um, nature, it's telepathic, empathic, it's vibration, it's um, it reminds me of the causal, the causal realm, where, you know, there's no words needed. You just know. It's just that beingness, that presence, that awareness. You just know. And so at one point, the planet was like this. It was beautiful, magical beings and, and light and knowledge and interconnected with the star beings and star planetary systems and connected vibrationally and through light with the beloved, with, with all that is, with the galaxy, with the universe, the omniverse, with one another, with other, with all of creation, right? We were at one point all created, connected with all of creation, rather. It's all one breath. It's all one heartfelt beat from the beloved, right? And so what happened was these beings, they came here um, to this planet, and uh, they started shutting down all the communication lines. They started um, taking these grids of light and disconnecting them from the power source and from the light and from the knowledge and the wisdom and the energy of divine consciousness, of divine will, and rerouting them or shutting them down or hijacking them. And, you know, grits, points of light, stargates, windows, they were hijacked and shut down or used for their own purpose to harvest energy, to harvest, um, it's all about energy, yeah? Kind of like feeding off of energy. And the resources of this planet, they wanted this to be their own playground. They wanted to have it for themselves. And so they systematically went about conquering each and every continent. And when they would go to each continent, what would they do? The first thing that they did was go to the 
um, indigenous people, to the shamans, to the aboriginals, the, the Mares in New Zealand, the Native Americans in Americas. You know, they went to the indigenous people that held the knowledge, the sacred knowledge, the tools, the initiations, the activations, the illumination, the stories of true history of humanity and of consciousness and of God and, and the means and the methods and the tools of how to um, do your ascension, how to awaken your divinity, how to um, become a light being and go into your light bodies, right? So the first thing that they did was they went and took all that knowledge and the sacred tools um, by getting rid of the uh, indigenous people, the tribes and the shamans and the magic people and the ones, the storytellers and and uh, they took history, and they took the knowledge, and they took the tools, and they put them in their own vaults, and then they rewrote history, and mm-hmm. they made they made the esoteric only for themselves and none for the people, and that's why there's such a disconnect, because our mothers and fathers are supposed to teach us how to activate our kundalini and activate our heart chakra and teach us how to go into the higher mind and the divine mind and how to follow the divine will and to express and to create and to liberate and right and right so um, all those ways that we were meant to be taught and to be given and to move from ancestor to ancestor and generation to generation and tribe to tribe has been stolen and the information that they do leak out you know just enough to get you connected they just they put it into religion so they give you just enough information that makes you go oh yeah that's true but then it's not enough to fully liberate you and fully empower you and fully bring you back to source to the who you are and your own divinity right so they control them they yeah and that's what you're that's why you're seeing so many beautiful star beings and light workers on the planet they're here to restore the knowledge and restore the points of light on the grid and the earth and the cities of light and the stargates and open up the portals and the matrices of light and bring back that knowledge and make that accessible oh, yes. Oh, you you said it so well, and we have been focusing on the crystalline grid and uh, bringing that forth. So this darkness that is showing, wow, you had firsthand experience of it. And I just honor you for staying strong and connected to that light, that, that your source within, so that you could say no and wow, the portals that you opened, the portals of light in the darkness, beautiful. So because of this vibration that you have now, you feel protected. You are protected. You've stood up. And it's not even about protection. I mean, it is about protection. But what happens is, is when you go into the who you are, when you stand beside the beloved, in the beloved, in that heartbeat, in that very essence, I mean, you become you know, just a vibration that's impalpable and impenetrable. It's only when you mm. um it's only when you go into fear, it's only when you step away from who you are, or deny who you are that you're accessible. Yes. Okay. Very important not to hang out in those lower frequencies. That's why this is very important to raise our vibration and to move those energies of anger and fear from within our bodies, out of our bodies. Do you want to speak to this at all? I do. mechanisms. I absolutely do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm never one to say ever get rid of anything. Rather embrace. So, you know, every single aspect of yourself is a gift. 
your darkest fears are your biggest powers. So for for an example, like if you were really um, told to be silent, well, you're really meant to speak out. <laughs> so whatever was the most concentrated, the most difficult, is your greatest power, your greatest light, your greatest contribution. Right? So wow, that's fascinating. So each of us could look at our fears, our biggest fear, and embrace um Wow. I mean, personally, in my own life, I still feel kind of like backing away from it. But what you're saying is, no, go for it. Huge. Run. Run. Run into it. Run. It's the, big, <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest box on your birthday table. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and every single aspect of yourself, everything Every single aspect of yourself. So one of the tools that really help make it really really simplified is see everything as a child because it really is. It's until it matures vibrationally, it's a child. So the wounded aspects of the self, of ourselves, are simply parts of ourselves that haven't been in the light to be able to grow and mature back into its full strength and full potentiality. So instead of seeing something you don't like about yourself, go, ah, there's a hidden gift there. There's magic there. There's life there. There's part of me. My sacredness is waiting for me to bring it out of the darkness and back into the light. My heart. So instead of fearing your pain or judging your pain, that's what they taught you to do. They said your fear is bad, your anger is bad, your sadness is bad, your grief is bad, your discouragement is bad, your frustration is bad. Everything is negative. And that's what the New Age movement was here to teach. The New Age movement was created to keep the spiritual people actually disempowered by giving enough truth but more disinformation so that you never became free and liberated mm. and fully awakened. So the New Age movement was really a ruse, just like the religions were used. Master Jesus and the Buddha and the Gandhis and all those beautiful beings, they never created a religion. They only brought truth and illumination, right? It was man, it was them that used the, the, the masters to get people to give them their power so then they have you okay well you speak of uh, this power as we know the great masters of the far east were able to uh, embody and then they were able to evolve into um, by location um, instant manifestation. So that's where we're going. Um, let's look a little bit more about this, the matrix and this, this illusion and overcoming it. So it really is, would you say it's like the movie, The Matrix, that so many it of us have extremely. seen? And I'm glad you Is it? Okay. 100%. And when you look at it, but it's reversed because they do everything in mirror opposite. They tell you that good is bad and bad is good. Their light is our darkness, and our light mm -hmm. is their darkness, right? They always do the opposite okay. in the mirror. Yeah. So in the movie The Matrix, I mean, it's extremely real, extreme. I mean, it's, I was amazed when I saw that, how much they were, like, revealing. I'm like, everything, I mean, the, when you look at this holographic reality, you can literally see like the binary numbers. You can literally see kind of a, a, a 
matrix. Literally, physically, it is a, a, a thing that you can see and is very, very real. So I was very surprised when um, I saw the movie that they actually revealed it, but then I saw what they did. So if you look at the movie The Matrix, and you can even revisit it, they made their world mm -hmm. that they constructed sunshine and happy and people were having dessert and coffee and traveling and free and laughing, right? They made their world, Matrix, look so good. And then Neo's world that they had to live in once he left the Matrix, they were in the spaceship or that ship and it was always dark, it was always dangerous, they were always running and hiding from the enemy, trying not to get found, trying not to get eliminated, right? They're always running from from their soldiers, from their uh, artificial intelligence, from their agents, right? Always afraid for their life, always being mm -hmm. hunted down, always being dangerous. And then if you look at the, toward the end of the movie, there was them eating gruel on their gray ship in gray energy in this mechanical metal, and everybody was miserable. And it made them feel like, well, why would I give up having steak in a beautiful restaurant and traveling to Paris in the Matrix where I would really be happy and enjoy to, to live on gruel in a spaceship and fearing running from the Matrix people, right? So there was their inverse. In reality, the beautiful light and having everything in that light and that happiness and that fulfillment and that joy and that expression is the Matrix of Light. And living in the spaceship, eating the gruel and running in fear for your life is literally the Matrix of Illusion. Okay, so give us some ways that we can identify this in our life, uh, how we get caught up with it. I know many listening would say every time we turn on the TV, that's the matrix. That's the, uh, the, even the mainstream media, the news. And I come from that, so I know firsthand how, we, how these stories were told to do stories that are not stories, and we're told not to do stories that are stories. So um, I can see how that works, but um, what are some other ways? And I think maybe it's the programming, these belief systems that we have. Again, that ties back into fear, what we were talking about earlier. Absolutely. Everything is about scarcity and lack and not enough and not enough time and not enough energy and competition, right or wrong, good or bad. Everything is divisive, and it's the old paradigm of divide and conquer. Everything um, in commercialism or com uh, consumerism, rather. Yeah, we're seeing that. Mm -hmm. Don't. Here's a very beautiful gift: is don't want. It's like going on a detox or a diet. Don't, don't want. What and what I mean by that is like you're taught that what's outside of yourself is what's going to fulfill you is going to make you successful, is going to make you happy, is going to complete you. They want you to want. Then they have you. Then they have a way into you. If you want the latest phone, if you want to be accepted, if you want to be liked, if you want to have prestige or power or anything, if you want to have the dream family, if you want to have a soul mate, you want. You want something from them, the matrix. So, here, so hear me out. 
in reality, you're taught, you would have been taught had you been born into a divine consciousness uh, awakened planet system, you would have been taught to go within for everything, yeah? And go with the desires of your heart. So in the base of everything you want, what the material world, the consumerism is playing on and preying on is your desire for happiness, mm -hmm. your desire for peace, for calmness, for fulfillment, for joy, for expression, for freedom, yeah? All these are absolutely beautiful wants. But how you get them fulfilled determines your true level of freedom. You go into your heart and let your soul show you what it can have, what it is you are to be, how to express yourself, how to create yourself, and work within the consciousness in alignment and in partnership with your I amness. And then it materializes in the physical world. So when your intention yes, okay, is... Okay, we can see that. Mm -hmm. go, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. Go. When your intention is no, to go be... Ahead, please. When your intention is to be love and happy and fulfilled and joyful and benevolent and giving and of service and of devotion and creative and expressive and empowered and powerful and abundant and healthy and vibrant and well-being. These are what you put out to your, your, your essence because this world cannot give it to you. So you take your energy, yes. unplug mm -hmm. yourself from that matrix that says it can give it to you it will give it to you if you buy this or do this or have that in the physical world. But instead, move your energy, unplug it, like literally take a cord from the wall and unplug it and plug it into the true light source, the true source of all that is and all that you can have and all that you can be. And that's done by going into your heart and surrendering to your greatest self and saying to your divine essence, your divinity, and saying... All I want and all I wish and all I desire is to be that, to be who I am, to be that I am, to be fulfilled in being who I am, to share who I am. Make that your mantra. Make that your desire. Make that your prayer. Make that your choice. Make that your focal point, your focus, where you give every bit of who you are to. Because that's how you create the alignment. That's how you raise your vibration. That's how you open up your intuition. That's how you can allow yourself to receive goodness. That's how you can tell a temptation or a habit or an illusion or a manipulation from truth. Because it's going to come feeling expansive, feeling empowering. It's going to open up opportunities and doorways in this third dimension for you to have even more and even greater. But the fulfillment comes because you're receiving the true essence of it. So you can have the money. You can have the home. You can have the, the um, soulmate. You can have the children. You can have the job. You can have the title. You can have the business. You can have the philanthropy. You can have it all. But it comes from source out into the physical rather than you going to the physical and bringing it to you. Okay, yes, it does come from source. So you painted a very clear picture of this mirror effect where we are going to do the opposite of what we've been programmed. 
right? We teach our children in sports when they're young to be competitive. We have to do the opposite of that. And and this is what you knew coming into this lifetime and what so many of us listening to this show knew when we came into this lifetime. We looked around and we saw, no, this isn't really quite right. So beautiful now that what you're saying totally corroborates what the great masters and spiritual teachers say is that we really have to do the opposite. And it's that opposite that attracts that new reality for us, the new matrix of light. You become vibrational alignment with your own divinity. You become in vibrational alignment. Your answer is yes. This matrix is no. The light says yes. <laughs> yes, okay. Vibrational alignment with your divinity. It's so beautiful. And then you can also use the light, you know, to transform your consciousness because, you know, the people people always say, you know, my monkey mind, my mind is just doing this. And the mind is literally scientifically grooved in habitual patterns and pathways and synapses to create the same outcome over and over again. So we want to dissolve those pathways, create new neural networks and new pathways and new grids of light within your own brain, within your own level of consciousness and awareness and awakening that's going to connect you with your with the divine mind, with the all that is, right? Where it knows no limitation, no lack, no need, no suffering, right? Only the love which you seek and the peace and the harmony and the bliss and the oneness and the cooperation. So we're going to dissolve, decommission the old mind and the old neural pathways by creating a new pathway and new habits and new patterns which actually invoke the language of light into the brain, into the mind, into the cells of your body and your organs and your tissues, into your heart, into your meridians and your chakras and into your pineal with the true information and the highest knowledge of the cosmic divine that can actually restore and reheal your body, restore your mind to peace and calm. The mind kind of got wild. It got kind of, it's like a child. The mind has become a child in humanity where when you don't give it the proper food and nutrition, where you don't give it the proper care and love and attention, you know, the child has a need. And without the structure and the love and guidance, it becomes pretty wild, right? It becomes uncontrollable. And it becomes angry and it becomes scared because it doesn't know what to do. It doesn't have the guidance mm-hmm. of, the, of the love of the parent, of the parents. And so we want to go in and love the mind and not punish the mind and not reject the mind as bad or wrong and the monkey mind, got to put it aside, got to kill the mind, got to kill the ego. No. You go in and allow the mind to take its proper role in serving the soul and serving the divine mind and fulfilling its part in the light in this third-dimensional world. So you bring the mind back into alignment with the divine by keeping your attention, attention, and focus always on your atma, your soul, your I amness, your presence, and making your heart and your mind, your third eye, the pineal, just always give it one, one focal point, an arrow point to always shoot for, to always align with. And that is your intention. Your only intention is the highest, the brightest, the purest, and the truest. Yeah? Nothing else. And it becomes such a comfortable and familiar frequency, this focal point, this connection, this determination with your I amness, with who you really are, this beautiful, bright, magnificent master of, of love. 
So you become so aligned and attuned to it that anything that comes won't be able to affect it, won't be able to penetrate it, won't be able to take you off track anymore, won't be able to tempt you, won't be able to distract you, yeah? Back into the, into the matrix. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be feeling this harmonious frequency, this beautiful love juice from your beloved I am, encouraging you, dancing with you, singing with you, and being soft and gentle and loving with you to help you remember who you are. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Really, to become a master of love, that is our role and the task at hand. So beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for sharing some ways that we can really live in the heart and uh, create and, and align vibrationally with our divinity. Uh, now would be a good time to talk about your course because this goes even deeper into what you're talking about. Would you like to share more on that? Sure. We created um, kind of a mini course, and um, what we'd like to offer is we, we began creating, um, we were going to do some vibrational medicine um, through sound. And so we created um, three MP3s um, addressing three different areas. Um, and it kind of grew into PDFs and more instruction and experientials as well. And um, so it's kind of a mini course, if you will, about transcending the matrix of illusion. And um, what I'd like to put out there and offer is as we grow this program, um, if you were to purchase the package, what we'd like to do is to include you into any additional uh, materials that we do add to it or grow or expand this program through 2017, you know, absolutely um, inclusive. So if we were to upgrade it in any way, any addition, we'd like to just offer that to you and give that to you. Um, to, to continue to help you because this is just really such a turning point. It's a way to become, you know, to become free and to be, um, to thrive. And so everything that we can do to really reinforce that and to really just kind of vibrationally lift you up into your highest potential, that, you know, we're happy to do that. So, um, the music is created by Ray, um, my husband, uh, 27 years, beautiful um, master of sound and um, healing energy. And he has this entire recording studio set at 432 hertz, 432 cycles per second. Beautiful. Yes, which is Mm -hmm. um, the vibration of nature, the star. The original. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. The original part before the, yeah, go ahead. Before the Matrix uh, detuned it or changed (laughs) it. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. In the, in the early 1950s, they realized the healing power and the liberating power of music. And in the 1950s, they commissioned it to um, change it to the 440. And what that does, just that subtle difference of um, eight uh, cycles per second, when you listen to music in the 432, you feel, you experience, you your breath is slow, you feel warmer, you feel more heart-centered, you're more present, more experiential. When you listen to 440, it takes you out of that experiential, that feeling, that heart space, that centeredness, and it takes you up into the mind, and it's a discordant. So like when you hear a, a piano out of tune, you know, and it goes ding, and it kind of just off tune, it kind of hits you wrong, right? Mm-hmm. It just kind of, uh. 
So imagine listening to entire musical scores done in that kind of, mm, it's misaligned with, mm-hmm. with nature, with truth. Um, so set at 432, what we did was created seven PDFs, and the first one goes more into what the matrix is and how it may be affecting you. So those give me more detail, more insight, more information about that. And then the next three PDFs and MP3s are the solution. So here's what it is, and then here's the solution. So the first level is about healing and forgiveness and releasing. Um, the first uh, PDF, there's a PDF about um, instruction and giving you tools. And the first MP3 is also instruction tools with the music in the back to also assist you vibrationally and open up your heart and, and allow the healing process to really begin. Because we can't become whole and we can't become free until every single aspect of who we are, our beingness, is brought back into the heart and back into wholeness and back into love, right? So we open up the doors to any part that we've rejected or any part that we're afraid of or any part that hasn't been forgiven or uh, been seen or heard. And that could be our greatness. That could be our our fears. It could be any and every part of our being. It's like we bring them in. We see them as children. You know, the, the anger is not bad. The, the fear is not bad. The unforgiveness is not bad. The addictions aren't bad. The disease in the body is not bad. It's just missing and lacking in the love and the compassion to bring it back into the wellness and the state of being it's meant to be. So we love our bodies. We love our illness. We love our sadness. We love our anger. We be a listening ear to it just as we would a friend or just as we would our own child who's troubled, right? We don't say, oh, you're bad, you know, you're feeling sad or angry or frustrated. Go, go in the corner, go in the closet, lock yourself in and don't come back, right? What, what do we do? We get down on our knees, we embrace the child, we embrace their sadness, we give them space, we honor their feelings, we honor their experience, and by doing that, it vibrationally shifts it, right? It heals it. So self-love, self-acceptance, bringing every part of our being into the light, into our heart, and love on it. Because what happens when you love on any and every aspect of yourself, especially your wounds, is it takes Mm -hmm. the charge out. So you don't lose the experience. You don't become less compassionate because now you don't remember the pain and you can't suffer along with everybody else. That's a lie. What happens when you have your suffering, you love it, you embrace it, embrace it, and then what happens is you take the charge of pain and it dissolves. It cannot hold its structure in the vibration of unconditional love and acceptance. So anything you want to transcend, any pain, any dis-ease, any discord, any separation, any illusion, you bring it into your heart, bring it into your love, bring it into self-forgiveness, bring it into your vision and say, I see you, I hear you, I love you, I honor you, I accept you. What do you need? What can I do for you? How can I hold you in love? And that begins a magical process, right? Mm-hmm. Is this really how you healed yourself from this trauma that you went through as a child? 100%. 100%. 
A hundred percent. I went into my greatest fears, my greatest yeah. rages, my, my greatest. When I opened up, when I would look inside, I did a, in the early part of the healing process, I, you know, went, did a guided meditation where you go down in the elevator and you go down in the subconscious. You know, and there was a dark dungeon down there when the doors opened up and there was this witch that came flying out at me and she was just, ah, you know. <laughs> and mm-hmm. when I really just stood there present with her, I realized that she was just as scared as I was and that she had been, you know, like put down in the dungeon in the aspect of the self that had just been forgotten. And, um, you know, I just stood present with her and and she just began to melt. Um, I had an aspect of the self that was... um, that held so much of the rage, right? Because it's not acceptable, especially in the paradigm I was brought up in. You couldn't have any feeling. I literally had no thought, no feeling until you told me what it was I thought or what it was I was to feel, and I really didn't feel. I was only parroting or mimicking that which I thought I was told to be doing, right? That's how complete of a of a program it can be. But so every single aspect, I had the monsters in my closet. You know, I didn't know what was in there, and. um you know, but I just was determined, and as I said, you know, you just be determined. I was determined to be free, and um, so okay, come on, bring it on. I survived it. I'm, I was alive. They didn't kill me. They didn't break me. I'm still here. So I opened up the doors and let the monsters come out, and I stood present with them. And you know, I just realized that, you know, the more I, I held presence with them, and heard them and honored them and you know if they need to grieve if they need to cry if they need to rage if they need to be angry i let them have it you know like i created the space for them to tell their truth you can't talk them out of it you mm. can't you can't deny them out of it that's exactly what they want you to do or that's exact opposite again so you do exactly the opposite you embrace it you love it you accept it because it's a part of who you are. It just needs the light of love, the light of compassion, the light of presence, right? And you allow it to have its story because mm-hmm. a lot of times what they have to say can lead to tremendous healing and insight and clarity of who you are. So the more you make a space, like even in the morning, like, you know, any part of you that feels sad or angry, you know, just kind of pull up a chair in your mind's eye and invite them to come and see it as a child or see it as a person or see it as an animal or see it as a as a light. And then just let that presence come to you, sit with you and just be present with it. And just what do you have to say? What do you need? How can I help you? What, as a friend, right, with that kind of compassion as you would a child or a friend. Every single part of myself. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that is a tremendous healing that you've done for yourself, gathering all those fragmented parts that you, um, that had to come back to be whole again. And it really, this is the shadow work that many talk of going through and doing. And boy, you had a deep, deep journey there and again we thank you so much for holding that light within yourself during the darkest of it fascinating okay well uh, it's just amazing because you know these stories this is the second uh, interview I did a pre-recorded interview today with this same story this same background And I just find the synchronicity uncanny of why it is that we're discussing this. But this is helping anyone who 
has their heart closed off in some way that is allowing them to think that they can't do it or can't open their heart uh, or reach towards that great light that you did, even in the darkest of dark. So it is tremendous that you've shared your story and your experience with us. And I just want to thank you for that. And if, I'm, if I may, there's another point to it. It's about not only just the, the shadow, if you will, the wounded aspect or the forgotten or the suppressed or the hidden or the, you know, judged aspect of self, but it's also the light and the greatness. You know, I, uh, I wonder if I can share this. Um, there was an experience. Can I be a little detailed here? Is that appropriate in this forum or? Please. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So here, I'm going, to, I'm going to be detailed. So if you're kind of squeamish, you know, just kind of take a deep breath and you can kind of be, hold the, be, be in the beautiful light of joy, which, because it all is. Remember, everything's in divine order. Everything is divine perfection. And everything is a play. So um, just, you know, watch and listen. So it's all good. Um, there's an experience where I said, you know, I, there was a baby and uh, it was all gray and it was um, death bound. And I placed my hands upon it and breathed mm-hmm. the light back into the baby. came back beautiful, healthy, and pink. And uh, there's a shaman that was standing over my shoulder and wasn't um, too pleased. And um, so what he did was, you know, I got caught all the time and I got tortured all the time. Um, but it, <laughs> and it didn't matter. Um, I kept doing it anyway. Um, but the um, shaman wasn't too pleased. And this is a very powerful story about the light too um how the light can be vilified right so what he did was he he took another baby and he took it by the neck and it's going to be a little bit graphic he took a dagger and um, he cut it from the breastbone down and the organs began to come out and he said telepathically to me now heal now now help him like mockingly, mm-hmm. like mockingly. Now go ahead and use your, your power, your light. And I saw, and I did, and I put my hand out, and I saw this ball of light going around his body and going into the baby. And instead what he did is he projected telepathically into my mind that what it did was turn the organs that were coming out of the baby into worms and maggots and snakes. And he and then he looked at me and he said, "This is what you did. This is your magic. This is your light." Now, could you imagine? I mean, because I was horrified. To get you to shut that down. Exactly. To get you to shut it down. Exactly. Because all the other times I used my light, you know, I'd be in the cages. I'd be in a cage next to another one that mm-hmm. I knew was, you know, and I would sing to it or I'd bring it into the light and I'd get caught and they'd pull me out of the cage and they'd torture my body and they'd hang me and they'd mock me and ridicule me and make me an example of what it would be like not to follow their rules or to help another child in need. Um, you know, and I would keep doing it anyway. It didn't matter to me no matter what they did to me. I was always, always helping the other ones. And so that didn't work. So the shaman just really took it up to that high level of using the telepathy and invoking into my mind an image that wasn't real but was really experiential. I mean, because these shamans were powerful, they had the esoteric knowledge, right? And so what we want to do is embrace our own light because a lot of people have been, you know, had had their own magic and their light and their power and, again, was, you know, vilified for it. 
you know, you were silenced, you were hung, you were killed, you were murdered, you were chased, you were hunted, right? You were excommunicated, you were exiled, um, some exiled to other dimensions and other realms and other worlds. So, you know, it's about coming, uh, inviting in, you know, creating a safe space in your meditation room. And I really encourage this completely and fully that you have a space designated for you and your I amness. And another way that they can come in is imposing, impostering themselves as angels or beings of light or even masters. So you really want to, for a while, to really get this frequency down, to really get this connection strong and bold and clear and true, heart to heart between you and your infinite I amness, and really get only that. So don't do the tarot and don't do the invoking of other beings. Your I amness, your Atma, is completely, fully capable of that and everything else, right? It is the pure divine that you are, right? It can't, it's pure source. It's everything. So invoke your I amness, your who I am, and make a relationship and a connection with that that becomes undeniable. And don't allow them to have any other influence um, to come in. And, and again, it's about wanting. Don't want anything. Don't look to another angel or master or, you know, another realm because they can impersonate. They can imposter. So really just create a field, a sanctuary in your home, in your meditation space, where you vibrationally post four pillars of light that come from your beautiful heart of pure divine consciousness, pure divine love, infinite love, and only that which is for your absolute best and highest good. Make that your mantra, your practice, your ritual, your, your devotion, just pure truth, pure light, pure bliss, unconditional, selfless, boundless love. That is all that is allowed in my space. That's all that I choose. That's all that I am. Pure, infinite love. And so then you can create that relationship on in that, that knowingness, that vibrational frequency, that exchange, that song, that dance, that breath, that intimacy with your own beloved self, right? And it becomes so pure and so strong and so sweet, like the best melody of the cosmos of the universe that you want nothing else and nothing less and nothing can penetrate it it becomes like a bug repellent so we have some um, stray kitties that we're kind of feeding and taking care of and we gave them a pill the other day to help them with the fleas i don't know how the pill worked but we gave them a pill to help get rid of the fleas for them and within 30 minutes the fleas just started dropping off so your light is that way too it's like it becomes so pure and so clean and clear that it negativity just bounces right off it. It repels it. It just drops mm-hmm. right off. They can't penetrate it. So you don't have to fear. You don't have to protect. You be proactive in what you do intend to experience. You do intend to be the embodiment of love. You do intend to be the embodiment of truth, of light, of love, of joy, of bliss, of abundance. Yeah? So that becomes your protection. Absolutely. Okay. I know that uh, we've heard that as we begin to shine brighter, there may be, uh, it's like a moth to a flame. And so we do have to consider in the beginning, um, until we fully anchor that frequency, uh, ways to protect ourselves. So is there a way as we're moving through this period of strengthening this I amness and this connection and this frequency 
Uh, is there anything to do? You, you often speak so much about this inner connecting, going into the heart and getting that information. And is it that connection that's going to keep uh, these any of these like negative moths, so to speak, away? Yeah, well, it is really about desiring and really being specific about your desires and trusting and having faith that whatever you really want in the physical world is going to come to you um, in a higher, brighter, better way than you can even imagine. So it's about faith. It's about building that faith and that trust that the divine knows what you want even before you even have a desire, right? That the divine, you have your blueprint, you have your master, you have it all. It's all within you. And really it's about going from I want, I need, I'm asking, where is it? Is it going to show up? Can I have it? Am I worthy? Is it okay to being your true master self and saying, this is what I choose. Let me be very clear with the universe, with my heart, with my love that I am, and with my soul, and with my beloved infinite Yes to my soul, yes to my divine blueprint, yes to my mission, yes to my purpose, yes to my voice, yes to my authenticity, yes to my health and well-being, yes to my joy, yes to my bliss, yes to my abundance. Please, beloved, let me, I choose to experience all that you wish to do through me, be through me, as me, and for me. Make it like a prayer, make it like a, like a marriage vow. Like, I want to unite with the best, the most purest, infinite love and that's all I want is just this love and this joy and this bliss and this happiness and this oneness and this fulfillment and completion yeah make that your desire make that your mm. truth make that your prayer yes again we thank you for your experience and uh, the wisdom that came from your heart connecting in with your I am presence so that you can assist us as we remember this for ourselves. Again, with what's going on in the outside world, this information doesn't come at a better time. What a great lesson and a great pathway for each of us as we all learn to pay attention to our intuition, to trust, just as you said, that source is creating and it has beautiful things in mind for us. Well, Anama, can you share with us as we go? Um, some questions are coming in asking you uh, what year you were born. What era of time did this happen mm -hmm. in, in your young childhood? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I came in in 1963 in um, Wisconsin in the middle of farmland. And, um, yeah, there's a huge military base here, underground installations, very, uh, very much uh, center. Yeah, so 1963. Okay. And then how did you get the name Anama? Mm. Well, again, you know, it's about vibration and consciousness. And years and years ago, I just, um, I remember talking to a friend of mine. She was in um, Kauai, and, and she's a beautiful uh beautiful light being and she actually uses sound she uses her voice to open up stargates and and ley lines and things like that through her own sound and light and she and I were just talking one day on the phone and she called me by my name I, and it just literally felt almost like an insult <laughs> it literally felt just so um, mm. foreign it just it didn't make any sense I didn't know why she would call me that and um, <laughs> 
And so I just really mm-hmm. felt I, I've got a my and I and I lived in Sedona for three years and, and I never was one to you know change my name to try to become something. <laughs> Rather, you know, <laughs> I mean, it didn't feel it. You know, I, I can appreciate people putting out there you know what they intend and then moving toward that. You know, like kind of be it until you are it kind of thing. I appreciate that. Um, but I certainly, you know, there's also those that kind of use the name to kind of portray something that they haven't yet, for a different reason, for a different motive, let's just say that. So I, I never really wanted to change my name. I never looked to change my name. The only thing I did do at one point was, um, I do remember I went, my, my birth name was Kelly Lynn Collins, and I do remember when I liberated myself from kind of my healing work, I legally changed my name and took off the name Collins because I didn't want it to be associated with that family, right? Because that was the surname, the family name. So I I, I did eliminate that. But I was just sitting there on the phone and I just um, put out my prayer of intention and I just said, well, okay, if if I'm not Kelly Lynn, then then who am I? And I was in meditation. I wasn't trying to do anything. I was just simply being and just simply being in the no mind, in the no place. Um... And my heart showed me the spelling, showed me the name, like a song. Just said, Anna. <laughs> Just like that. Mm-hmm. Like a song. Uh, <laughs> well, your frequency is that of Lemuria. Uh, almost uh, this, you were, when you were speaking of this, uh, energy of earth and this connection of earth to all the greater cosmos and all that is and higher beings of frequency the word Lemuria came to mind and so especially when you heard your song your name like a song Lemurian songs were sung so I don't know if that resonates with you but you are definitely an angel in human form and we thank you for shining, shining, shining that bright light so steadily. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we could go a little more okay. into the package if you wish, if you have. I think we just kind oh, of. Oh, yes, please do. Again, got sidetracked off of that. So um, you were going into the solutions, more solutions of getting out of the matrix. Right. So the first part is the healing, forgiveness, and releasing, and you get an opportunity to just listen to the music. And um, the first one is teaching. The second one is experiential to take you into a meditation activation just to allow your heart to open up and whatever's ready to be released or transcended or transmuted, embraced. And the music empowers you to do so and supports you in doing so. And so the, the Matrix of Illusion package is really a 30-day mini-course where you just really allow your... It's about immersion. It's about unplugging from the outside world and really connecting back into the heart of who you really are. And so this is a three-step process to help you do so. So there's the healing, forgiveness, releasing. The second part is self-mastery. And the third part is liberation and celebration. And uh, the third part is really uh, a beautiful music piece to bring you up through the chakras and to help you ascend into a higher... Uh, state of being and awareness and presence so that you can know what it feels like to be there so that you can like reset your frequency your homing frequency so that that becomes like your your homing point so you don't have to go back into the illusion ever again just raising your frequency your consciousness and your presence within your own being 
and connecting with who you are and holding that point at all times. Um, the second part, uh, part two, I think, is um, remembering your magnificence. And these are four live activations that we recorded, put onto MP3 for you. Um, you know, clearing the blocks that are hidden from you. We go into the DNA, the RNA. We go into cellular memory. And um, anything that is hidden from you, it's um, bringing it out vibrationally for it to be healed and cleared and released. The power of forgiveness, awakening in your remembrance, and empowering your mastery. And they all build on one another to help you bring out that which is hidden, bring it into the light, bring it into your consciousness, and help you stay present with your true self. Item three is the transformational power of self-love. Again, it was a live activation that we recorded onto MP3. Um, and it's just uh, bringing you back into remembering you home. <laughs> and so you do know the way home. You have everything to be home. You are home. And it's just really about um, removing the pieces of clay or removing the clouds. You're always shining. You're always illuminated. You're always a master. You're always a being of light. There's just little clouds that are keeping you from seeing, that are obstructing your view of your light and your experience of your divinity. So we're just removing, gently, you know, transcending, transmuting these clouds that kind of keep you from your, your true divinity. That's all. It's not that you're trying to become. You already are. and You're in the state of allowing and remembering and, and being and uh, making space for it. So, yeah, holding more light in your body so that you become it. So the activations, um, the next group of activations that we're offering is anchoring your divine potential. These are seven sacred initiations we did when we were living in Kauai. So they have the added frequency of the dolphins and the beautiful mother Kauai energy that's like a womb that embraces you as you receive light and sound to help you awaken your potential. And so those four those seven are a powerful series, you know, tapping into your sacred self and receiving blessings. Item five is a live group activation experiential that we'll be offering on April 19th. And you can listen to them by phone. You can join us by Internet um, from your computer. We will be recording it, so you will have an MP3 if you can't make it live, um, but also so that you can replay it and go deeper each and every time. Um, item six is to help you, encourage you, support you in um, going even deeper in what you're ready to receive and allow even more into your life at this point by doing a session one-on-one -on -one with myself. We also have a three-month uh, mentoring, coaching, um, empowerment program or package, if you will. Um, three months, eight sessions with myself um, where I hold you in the light and in the consciousness and help you go deeper into your own true essence. And item seven is my book, The Light at the End of the Tunnel. <laughs> and that's the package. That is a beautiful package, and it's really going to help those who are ready to fully embody more light. Thank you for that. Um, with the session, you can get that for half price or receive... Um, a discount towards the personal coaching that you mentioned. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And that is available on the special offer button on this webpage. Beautiful MP3s encoded with 432 hertz frequencies. Um, your beloved Ray is a pretty much a sound healer in his own right. And that's just like an added tonic for this program that you've created 
So thank you, and thanks to Ray, too. Okay, well, this has been a beautiful call with you, learning your story, seeing how you shine your light so brightly. Anima, thank you, thank you, thank you. As we say goodbye, any last words that we didn't get to today? It's your heart is just waiting for you to say yes. It's just waiting for you to say yes and to choose it and to choose it again and again and again and again. So each and every moment, choose it. So rather than when, when, the, when the life tries to pull you back, when the habit or the lifestyle or the tension or the frustration or, you know, the, the kind of miss some of your strength, or your power, your light or your faith, just choose again. Keep going. I am that I am. And that's what I choose. That's who I am. And I choose to be my authentic, infinite self. And know that the universe is saying yes, 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 and yes. And then follow that intuitive knowing. It's going to lead you every step of the way to your success. The more you say yes, the easier it gets. And the easier it gets to hear that inner voice, that inner wisdom. And the easier it is to take those bold steps that make your knees shake. You know, you're saying yes to your greatness. You're saying yes to the unknown. And, you know, that makes the human part, you know, just kind of quiver sometimes. And, you know, sometimes it's the thing that you're most afraid of that has the biggest reward and the biggest gift waiting for you. So get in the habit of saying yes to who you are and yes to love and receive more and allow more and be present more, yeah? Yes, absolutely. The heart is waiting to say yes, and so we will say yes, yes, yes. So beautiful, beautiful, inspiring words from you, Anima, angel in human form. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Absolutely, you're welcome. Again, Anima's special offer is available on this webpage. We invite you to check it out. And now we dance our way to the cosmic heart, uh, listening to or feeling still the energies of the information from this beautiful lesson with Anima. Thank you. Namaste.
you too for listening and sharing in this space today. We leave you now with music from the universe, literally sacred geometry of music, as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music, available at AcousticHealth.com.